You're listening to the Embrace Simplified Podcast, where you will be inspired to unlock simpler, healthier ways to live your life. I'm a corporate ladder climber turned entrepreneur on a mission to help busy women feel their best. I'm bringing you real conversation with all my favorites, and we're talking wellness, relationships, money, business, career, and even parenting. I want you to laugh and cry, learn and grow right alongside me. I'm your host, Kirsty. Let's keep it real. Pour your coffee and turn it up. Together, we are going to simplify our life. I remember I was so frustrated with posts about self-care online that one day I wrote one that said, self-care. People went nuts. Likely you were even one of those people. I got so much positive feedback and heck yeses. I knew I was on to something, something that I had felt for a long time, but never shared. It was this frustration with traditional preachy self-care messages. And then I knew it resonated with so many people. I stopped in that moment and reconsidered every inspiring post I'd ever tried to share about self-care. I could see how some of the posts had been triggering for other people rather than inspiring or leading them or motivating them like I wanted to. Now, when I meet with women to talk about their wellness and happiness, I do things really differently. I tell them that for an entire year, I thought it was okay to go grocery shopping at 9 p.m. solo one night a week and call it self-care. Yes, I did that. I tell them it took me over nine weeks, you guys, nine weeks to do my first real meditation. I tell them that I have struggled with my two cups of coffee rule for the entire lockdown. But I also remind them that a Starbucks and a walk with a girlfriend is self-care. And one of my favorite things that is self-care in disguise is snuggling with my kids during movie night. I now have a far more realistic and raw conversation with clients who are trying to make change. And my honest approach to self-care helps me guide them in making these small shifts in how they care for themselves, because that is what we're talking about, self-care. For the rest of the episode, if I say self-care, you're not going to think about a bubble bath or green juice. Just know that I am straight up referring to a broader definition of taking a more active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness. And no, it's not selfish. In fact, helping others, giving, or even creating can all be part of one's self-care. And even research shows us that it's not just about taking care of ourselves better, but really about taking care of everyone more. So if you stop to appreciate someone or you ask them how they are, you hold space for them, you show empathy, you throw some love or gratitude their way, you know how those acts can make you feel great. That is self-care. My relationship status with self-care is complicated. My journey with self-care has been long, but really only a priority for about three years. And I would say that I've probably had an on again, off again relationship with self-care as a whole. Why didn't I commit and just stick with it once I figured out what worked for me? It's big things. And I think it's even little things. It's worthiness. It's life stress, exhaustion, attitude, mental health. So many things get in the way. But when we learn and we course correct and keep going, then it works. When it comes to self-care, there are three really big things that I had to learn. 
Number one, what works for you won't necessarily work for me. What type of care you do for yourself really matters and it's very individualized. If someone goes for a run every morning and they call that their self-care, awesome. For them, I may find that the best way to nurture myself is to get up an hour before my kids, do a visualization of my day, get clear on what I'm really grateful for, make a great cup of coffee, and then go snuggle with my kids. You do you when it comes to self-care. Number two, what you need to care for yourself is constantly evolving. Like as in moving target, so give up trying to nail it. There will be times when you need to care more for your body to feel whole and times where your mind or your heart requires more attention. Checking in often with yourself is critical. And number three, consistency is key and also a real Consistency is the hardest part of self-care, especially for busy, ambitious women, the ones I work with, creating rituals in our day for self-care just so that it's part of the rhythm and the routine. It's so necessary and so hard. I'm actually going to break down this topic in a future episode because it's so juicy and we just need more time. Once I was walking with a friend who was also a new mother and she was being really hard on herself about her lack of self-care. She was prioritizing getting out in the sunshine, talking to another adult, laughing, filling her cup, increasing her energy and joy. She was doing self-care while being hard on herself about not doing self-care. In order for this to work, we need to be very self-aware, put in the work, and then know what makes our bodies, hearts, and minds feel really good and integrate it in a realistic way. One of my all-time favorite books on burnout is by twin sisters, Emily and Amelia Nagowski. In the book, Amelia shares that there's a cultural expectation that women will just give and give until they have nothing left. I know these women. I was this woman. This book came out in 2020, and it's called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. I cannot recommend this book enough for helping to understand the less discussed impacts of stress in our body and our environment. And with that as context, they share the what, why, and the how of self-care. And right now, as we're navigating unprecedented chaos and uncertainty in our world, even in our community and our home, I believe that our expectations for self-care really do need to shift. This book will help you do that. By bringing awareness to the type of stressors and circumstances that you have and then factoring them into your situation and your self-care practices, you'll be able to better understand how to avoid the challenges of burnout. And guys, avoiding burnout is what I want to help you do. Stress gets stuck in our body and it needs to be released. Otherwise, you can have all the painting sessions, the bubble baths, the 10K runs, as many as you want, and you're not going to see positive lasting change to your well-being. If you don't fully understand that stress cycle, then it's hard to give yourself permission to flex your care. And that is my final pitch on why this book is so critical. <laughs> when I say we need to be better at flexing our care, guys, I, I want to show you what I mean. There was a two-month period of time last year where I left the house at sunrise six days a week to get some fresh air, usually by the lake, and to exercise. I did that for the first week. And on the eighth day, I got a coffee, and then I sat in my car and had the biggest, baddest, ugly cry. 
I spent the next six weeks doing that more days than the exercise. And it was the exact release that my body needed to feel better and get through the day. For me, that ugly cry and hot coffee was my self-care. Without a doubt, giving up the run was not easy. I don't love running, but still, it wasn't easy. But it was required, and I knew why and how it was helping myself. Okay, next up, I want to talk about busy. I hate that word, don't you? I hated saying it when I was really busy and working in corporate, and now I've created this more intentional life for myself, and I still catch myself saying it. Ugh, busy. What I do know is we all fit a lot into our days. As ambitious women, we juggle all the things, and the emotional weight that brings us leaves us exhausted and often not choosing ourselves or prioritizing self-care. But busy does look different because you guys remember what 2019 busy was like, right? And then 2020 busy was super weird. It was like way more joggers and bread making. But 2021 busy is like a whole new level of strange. We aren't busy taking our kids to hockey or 50 million birthday parties on the weekend. We're not even taking a vacation. We're busy learning how to be teachers, full-time teachers, filling our freezers, preparing, educating ourselves, working from home. So I say this to keep it light and just acknowledge that, yes, it's a tricky time for self-care. But if you're not feeling well, then all else falls apart. And I say this with so much care in my heart from someone who didn't stop the train before it crashed. Recovering from burnout is a very long and expensive, difficult process. Anyone who knew me as a new mom knows that I went all out for my kids' first and second birthdays. They were huge events. Usually I rented a space. I had a photographer. I took so much joy in organizing and decorating for those parties. That was pre-burnout. Now, I see the parties were actually a distraction, and they smelled a little of guilt mixed with fear. It was easy to plan the party. It was hard to take care of me. It was hard to go cry in my car for six straight weeks. I see women on Facebook all the time who I know. I know them personally, and they're desperately trying to carve out more time for themselves and their self-care. Yet at 11 at night, they're the ones posting during lockdown that they're hoping to find a helium tank for their kid's birthday. The economy is tanking. People have lost their jobs. You're headed for burnout while you're trying to teach your kids and work from home. And you need helium? If this made you smile or cringe, then whatever you're hanging onto, whatever is your personal brand of helium, stop and ask yourself, Are your priorities in check? And by this, I mean, where are you on your list? If it's hard to think about you, I can relate, but I know that your kid is on that list. Your kid is your priority. Does your kid need helium balloons more than they need a mom who is relaxed and present and calm? Because if we aren't prioritizing ourselves, then ladies, We are likely not relaxed, present, or calm. So rather than excusing our self-care time away, I want to share with you guys one of the best time-saving self-care strategies I have heard. It was in a past interview, pre-podcast, that I did with Sarah from This Doctor's Kitchen. 
She's an ND. She used to be my neighbor and she's a total badass with her wellness. So you guys need to follow her. She shared a system with me that she uses to check in, monitor, and adjust her self-care focus each week. Each week, she reviews how she feels about the three areas of her self-care, and she rates herself on a scale of 1 to 10. The categories are purpose, passion, and connection. If you rate yourself low on connection, perhaps you need to have a date night in, a call with a relative, I don't know, Zoom with your friends or snuggle with your kids. This way, in this system, your time and energy can have the most benefit where you need it. You can make your categories work for you too. I know some people use physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual for their categories and rate against that. I love this tip and I find it really simple to integrate into my week. Stay tuned. In a few weeks, I'm going to announce a really cool program I'm working on called Rituals for Rebels. And we're going to tackle the idea of how we get more consistent in these things that we know our body, mind, and soul loves. Often when we talk about self-care solutions, we require someone to be very aware, self-aware. Knowing what you need, when you need it, and making it work in your life is really hard. And it's almost impossible to do and be successful at if you don't know how you uniquely operate and why it's important to you. Like, Why is self-care important to you? If we don't have that answer, it's hard. In my self-care journey, I came across The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin, and I had this huge aha moment where I learned that my rebel nature was holding me back from seeing things through consistently. If you work in a business setting, we do this all the time. Maybe with our direct reports, we could use DISC or StrengthsFinder for something like this. It's no different here. Once I studied myself, I became more successful. The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin is a great starting place if you want to be more successful and consistent with your self-care. All right, let's wrap this up. Here's another quote from Burnout. The goal isn't to live in a state of perpetual balance and peace and calm. The goal is to move through stress to calm so that you're ready for the next stressor, and to move from effort to rest and back again. Thank you guys so much for being here. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Embrace Simplified, the podcast. I hope you picked up some inspiration today and that you take action to feel your best. Can you guys do me a solid? If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. It helps more people find the podcast. If you know someone who needs to hear this episode, shoot them a text right now and share it. I love getting those notes from friends. And I also love seeing where you're listening from. So please keep tagging us online at Embrace Simplified. Don't forget to subscribe so you can catch new episodes as they drop. Until next time, I'm your host, Kirsty. Remember, you have it in you to simplify your life. 